world survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fiddle, lead us all survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Advice! Hey, I'm Ed the Punk, and this is Advice brought to you by Only Posers. Don't listen to podcasts. With me today, as always, is Joey Bandaloo. Yo, yo. And today we have a really, really special guest, Mr. Danny Nealon. Hey, what's up? You were a fellow punk rocker of Asbury Park, but also you do a lot of other cool things. I try, yeah. I dabble. I think <laughs> you do, sir. Um, like a little bit of everything. For sure. Uh, that's what we like here, so. <laughs> that's what we like, for sure. But, um, so you're a local uh, DJ around here. You like to spin a lot of, um, like Wu-Tang and just punk rock. I, I had a real, I, I loved doing my Wu-Tang night. That's not happening anymore for oh, the time being, okay. but... I'm talking to a couple places, so we'll probably be back once the summer's over. Gotcha, because nice. you were just nice. doing that at Little Buddies, right? Yeah, but they, they, they stopped opening on Wednesdays. They're only mm. open the weekends now because they changed management. Time already. Wednesdays. I like so, the alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were packed every Wednesday last summer. So, yeah, we, like, we know hopefully we can good. bring it back. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, that was a fun thing to do. I got to do it for a year. And it was I did, like in the winter, it was once a month, and through the summer, we did it every single Wednesday. Nice. Three hours of just like whatever, like '90s hip hop. I wanted to play. Like, it started as just Wu Tang, and then it kind of morphed into like I'd pick like a theme for an hour, kind of be like all just Wu Tang. Would that be like Wu Tang and all of the solo yeah, projects? Solo okay, stuff, side okay. projects like weird like yeah. R and B songs, yeah. you know? Because in the summer you do have to play like some dancier stuff, of course. Totally. But, you know, you're like, oh, dirty bastard and Mariah Carey. Like, people go nuts for that oh, record yeah, stuff. Yeah, it all meshes together. And it's funny. There's a lot of, like, hard Wu-Tang songs that, like, the, the crowd I get in there in the summer like, is not, like, hardcore 90s hip-hop crowd. They're just kind of are on this. Want to have a good time. Room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the Wu-Tang songs that, like, really square-looking people go nuts for, like, it, it never ceases to amaze <laughs> me. Like, like, a whole bar, like, you have, you could have, like, a bachelorette party of, like, 30 chicks from, like, Rumson screaming, <laughs> Dirty, I got your money. Like, in every word. Like, I don't word doubt for it. Word. It's, it, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's yeah, hell yeah. Um, I got... A bunch of questions written down. I know we've been trying to plan this for a little while. Yeah. But we'll kind of just like get into a nice conversation going. When did you start DJing? All right. So like I started like like two turntables and a mixer. I got my first like setup in 1994. Okay. When I graduated in eighth grade. I saved like all my like graduation gift money, and I went to Mac Records in Asbury Park on Main Street and bought two turntables and mixer and would ride my bike there like every week and the guy there like for all the DJs he would put aside like you need, you need this 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 and this so like I'd have like I wouldn't have to go in and pick records and like we'd get, you'd get stuff there like back then it was like everything would come out on like bootleg white label vinyl like even because there wasn't they weren't really pressing singles mm-hmm. of songs especially before they the album dropped so like we would get stuff like three months before it ever like anybody ever even heard it before radio even got it that's awesome and I, I still have like a lot of those records so it was like to do Wu-Tang Wednesday like at first my cousin was almost like I know it's seems it's gotta be a stretch like three hours of just Wu-Tang I was like I know I can do it for at least like 
three weeks before I have to start. Because, I mean, there's, like, an hour of stuff you have to play no matter what because everybody wants to hear Protect Your Neck. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to hear Triumph. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, an hour's worth that you're going to play those ones every week probably. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I try to find, like, weird ones that, like, make people be like, oh, shit, I forgot about that one or I never heard that one. Like, people forget the uh, the Limp Biscuit song with Method Man is amazing. Oh, and people shit. go nuts when I play yeah, it. Because Limp Biscuit like, kind of is, like, but like that song like it's the band doesn't even play on it's just a DJ premiere beat right I'm pretty sure Method Man wrote Fred Durst raps too because it, it sounds like one person yeah, wrote the yeah. whole song you know but like when you play that song like, people, people go nuts yeah. like oh shit I haven't even thought about that song That's in awesome. 20 years because nobody really wants to think about Limp Bizkit especially when it's Wu-Tang Wednesday exactly yeah. there to hear exactly. some Wu-Tang yeah. you're like oh I forgot that <laughs> <laughs> Limp had two different songs with Method Man because there was another one was uh, Undertaker's theme music at one point in oh, WWE the okay. Keep Rolling remix was yeah. like DMX Method Man Fred Durst and somebody else <laughs> I forgot about that shit Keep rolling, rolling, rolling like that. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Method Man was on that song too. What? That's weird. crazy. I don't know like how they made that happen, but oh yeah. So what first got you into like hip hop, and then side question, same thing for punk. All right, so like, like hip hop was like all I was ever into. Like the first three tapes I bought was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I'm the rapper. He's the DJ. Um, Run DMC, tougher than leather. Or not tougher than leather. Uh, Raising Hell, the one, the, the one with like the Aerosmith record on it that everybody knows, and probably the the second Fat Boys record with uh, Are You Ready for Freddy and like cheesy shit like that. Yeah. But like those are like, the first three tapes I bought. I know for a fact, and like that's all I listened to up until like I got until like I was almost out of high school when I started going to punk shows. Like, I didn't get into punk until I was like 16, 17. Cause so, like, so what was age was it when you bought those three hip hop tapes? So those would have came out. Like I bought them like when they came out. Okay. So it was like eighty eight. So I would have been like eight or nine. Okay. Those were the first like my first purchases. <laughs> and then <laughs> six years later, you start. I, yeah, right I, I, I knew like, by the time I was like ten, I already had my mind made okay. up. I was going to be a DJ. I started buying records yeah. before I even had turntables. Like just I wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like back then. It was like it was like now. It's like. A little bit easier because everybody loves records again. But like right. at that point, like you, would, I would go to Seaview Square Mall, which is like where Target is now. It used to be the mall, mm-hmm. and there was two record stores, but really they were tape stores and CD stores, and they would have like one bin of records. And so like a couple rap singles would come out like every month in there. So I'd always just buy them because I knew I was going to be a DJ. And like the, so, like the first couple I bought of that, I could tell you because I remember buying them like at the Wall was the name of the store where they'd give you like a sticker it was like a lifetime guarantee on anything you bought mm-hmm. but they went out of business so it was like a worthless guarantee <laughs> but I bought I remember buying Passing Me By by The Far Side the 12 nice. single um, Bismarcky Let Me Turn You On which is a great record um, Paperboy Diddy which is like a real obscure West Coast guy who like kind of sounded like Warren G and Nate Dogg but like four years before anybody heard them kind of like he was I think from Long Beach or around there somewhere so like I always knew I was gonna be a DJ, and I so I started stockpiling records, and so that that I was probably fourteen when I bought my turntables. That nice. Time. And I, I went to the first summer jam that year, Hot 97's first summer mm-hmm. jam ever. Oh, wow. 
that was insane. That was the night before my eighth grade graduation. Who played? Do you remember? Yeah, Wu Tang, but it, and it was it was nineteen ninety four. So, so it before was like, before really they were anything. huge, yeah. they were big. Like they headlined, but they still weren't. Like, well, it was New York, were, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was it was insane. It was them, Mob Deep, because it, it was like the it was ninety four. Like everything hit. It was Nas, Mob mm-hmm. Deep, um, all of the Wu, Gangstar. Gangstar brought out Jeru the Damager and Group Home came out with them because they both had like records that year too. Tribe Called Quest, they brought and they brought out Busta Rhymes and that was right, right before his solo shit even kind of came out. It was he did Wu Ha, but it was like the video hadn't even come out yet. So like they were doing scenario and then all of a sudden he did, like we got to his verse and he just came running out oh, the whole place like went insane I'm sure that had to be like, awesome it was nuts because nobody was expecting it because nobody knew he was going to do a solo thing at all and then he did like th- three songs that wound up being like the first three singles from his record that was a great night was, sounds like it yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could I went go to back first, in time and go to that first, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was a, that was that was an experience that was like go, it was at that point Ghostface still had warrants out for his arrest so like the whole time they were on stage, he had like a stocking like over his face, and like, you literally couldn't see yeah. his face. And like those like first the shit they would like, pull the later on. In, in, yeah, in the yeah. first "Protect Your Neck" video, they never. He always has like a like a wrap, like a Palestinian wrap around his head, or a stocking over his face because yeah. he had warrants out. Yep. And they just didn't want to. Bro- like, he was really on the run and hiding and shit. That's crazy. And then the second year, Biggie was the big deal because it okay. was of that course. was ninety five. Yeah. And he was the most disappointing performance I've ever like seen because really? I loved him, but it was like a boring. It was like boring. It was hmm. so big, like he could like like couldn't breathe. It was really bad. It was like bad. It was mm. weird. I it feel was, like he would. But that was like peak like popularity. Yeah. Like, it was like right. It was like ready to die. It was before you know. So he really wasn't that big, but like in hip hop, he was already big. Yeah. Everybody was waiting for yeah. ready to die to come out. But and Rain and I, I loved. I think the second record, the double album, should have been one album. It would have been like a perfect record, probably. But I feel like he's the type of guy who maybe would have been better to see freestyling on the streets. That's what I'm oh. saying. Like all those old records, because there was like a, like a full album's worth of stuff before Ready to Die. Like it, the first DJ Mr. C, Best of Biggie, is all stuff before Ready to Die even came out. And like that is like peak Biggie to me. Like this. Uh, was the ones on Party and Bullshit was like the first single he ever put out like that is like just grimy straight up dude standing on the corner talking shit rap you know scaring everybody that walks by like he was like the real deal and then, but they kind of made him into a, they tried to make they made him into a pop star I mean they made a shit ton of money so I mean that was yeah. the goal yeah but hopefully his kids get some of it I don't know and his mom, and his mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm like, I don't know how that all works but yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, your what was your first DJ gig? So that's a good one. So like I, like so like I started DJing like in high school, mm-hmm. but like I never like like I wouldn't like I was never like into like popular music. Like back then I was into like just grimiest like Stretch Armstrong, Bobito. Like underground, like Wu Tang. I just Army. recently watched the documentary on that. Is on that. I used to it's say, awesome. it's like everybody says in yeah. that documentary, it's such a cliche, but it's yeah. so true. Like, there was like five of us, like in my like my class at school, that like we would rotate, like 
it's your week to stay up and record it and we would all just swap tapes. Swap tapes, so yeah. So it would be like, first week would be me, the second week would be this other dude. And like, so every, yeah. we, and you, you would hear shit like six months before, like every like everything that's in that movie, I, I heard that's almost, awesome. most of it because every it was on it was once a week and you had to stay up because it started late yeah. came on, it was on from like 12 to 3 or some shit like that and it was it was always like Thursday nights or Sunday nights so it was always a school night for mm-hmm. us because we were you know we were in high school and shit <laughs> <laughs> but that was like but you were also close enough to actually yeah, get yeah, those yeah, yeah. yeah that's the weird thing about the documentary because it's like people like everywhere know about it and like yeah. and the tapes did spread like I have at my house Right now, I I have like a like one of those like cassette tape holders, like the little mm-hmm. '80s like zip up one, so it holds like thirty tapes. I have probably thirty shows Damn. of them. I'd love to hear cassette. some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's like a lot of the shit on there too is like stuff that no, like it never hit, but it's like they were like the dopest like one hit yeah, wonder yeah, yeah. like. New York underground. Just because they came There's people that have three or four <laughs> songs that were like big in the streets, but like nobody would remember their names right yeah. now. That's crazy. Like even like OC, like it was who like everybody should know the rapper OC. Like if, like if you're into like that kind of like boom bap '90s stuff, but he's a guy that not a lot of people know. It's just, but he had like four or five songs that anybody that was listening to Stretch and Bob Vito, like he'd be, he's probably in your top five MCs. Like that's the kind of show it was. It was like the realest, like underground, mm-hmm. which is kind of what attracted me to hip hop. It attracted me to punk rock too. Like, because I kind of started giving up on hip hop when it started getting like mainstream. Because mm-hmm. hip hop was never mainstream. Like people mm-hmm. hated rap when I was like growing up. Like people hated that we liked rap. Like it was. It was. It was a weird. It was a weird time because it was way before. Like you had like the cheesy stuff like. Like the rapping granny, like commercials and shit like that, but people were never like took rap seriously mm-hmm. like the way it is now. Like now it's no, now it's multi billions, you know, which is probably billions. Which is, yeah, dollar like, industry. It is. So, but and it's is is that a good thing? I don't know. Yes, I know. It's good for right. some people, I guess. The underground <laughs> stuff still keeps it real. But, that's the thing. There's always yeah. still there's a lot of no stuff that gets what. lost. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. the thing. It, it, I, 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 I try not to like hate on like new stuff just because it's new. Like those newer rappers that I do like a lot. Anyone specifically? Um, well, like that I've been listening to. Like I try. Like I, same as I am with like punk bands. I try to like listen to like people from around. You know, like people I know. Like my my favorite MCs to see live right now that you could go out and just see because you're in Jersey. Solo for Dolo is my is always kills, never disappoints. Ren Thomas is a beast. He's from like up north. I saw them both when they had one of the hip hop yeah, yeah. fests. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Solo, that's my homie. Uh, Ren is amazing. Um, I just saw uh, Bell, Bulletproof Bell. Oh, word! I caught him like twice in the last like month because I saw Maddie at the uh, brewery mm-hmm. and I saw him over at the gallery too. He's been doing some great records. Um, I listen to like La Coca Nostra a lot still, like the Ill Bill, those guys. Like they've been doing it since like they were like doing like nineties like mid nineties underground stuff like in the early two thousands and they're still doing it type shit. Oh, like yeah. I love all that shit oh, still. Yeah. Like Ill Bill still like, he just put a record out last week like last month I think and it's a banger. Um but I'm more I'm into older stuff more than anything else. 
I feel that. And so, like, I do. so am I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still, there are a few rappers nowadays that I, I can really get down with, but I definitely more, yeah, it's more like, go I to like '90s New York. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm drawn to. Actually, and uh, this I, I might throw all my hip hop credibility right out the window right now. <laughs> I I love Cardi B. I gotta say I love Cardi B. <laughs> And not, like, for, like, the popular songs, but the first time I saw the video of, it's not even, like, a real song. It's just, like, her and, like, 60 Bloods, like, standing, like, in a courtyard, like, in the projects. The one where she's talking about having, like, the buddy shoes, like, over and over again. And she's, like, rapping in the mirror. It was, like, just reminding me of, like, Mob Deep when it, when they came out and, like, the album cover out and, like, just, like, the whole crew, like, 60, like, gangster motherfuckers and, like... yeah big giant camouflage coats and Timberlands because that's how we all that's how we all like rolled in high school like that's it would be 30 30 people walking down the street walking around Neptune City or Neptune or wherever Asbury coming going to get buy records and shit like it was like that grimy shit like now she's like a pop star mm-hmm. which is kind of, I like I like to see it I think she's great like she cracked me up she reminds me of somebody I, like that I would have known or I could have known like growing up and she's a millionaire, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Like people hate can hate on her all they want, but I mean, she went from have, from being a stripper to yeah. fucking talking to Bernie Sanders yeah. and, and trying to actually use Change, what she has to do yeah, something use the at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people are like, "Oh, well, this girl's an idiot." Like she she gets makes a lot of money pretending she's an idiot about a lot of stuff. I think a lot of like yeah. <laughs> her, I think a lot of it is like a persona. I think a lot of it's fake. Yeah, it's I never just, really got down with much of her stuff, but I. Like that the record, more, Bruno more Mars, I, is like a '90s record. I love yeah, that record. That the more I've Bruno seen Mars. her talk mm-hmm. outside of those, exactly. I, 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 just really, she I, I me up. definitely she have like respect. She's a fun person to hang around yeah, with. Yeah, I got and respect. And a decent for person to hang around with. Totally. Yeah. Like, I had no problem. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, she was a stripper. She just can't be a rapper. <laughs> like, who cares? Like that doesn't matter yeah. to me at all. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, how annoyed do you get when people were referred to? Two or more vinyl records as vinyl. I hate it. I do hate it. <laughs> I do hate it. Um, like I try not to be a vinyl snob, but that is like an annoying one. Right? Yeah. No, I always get annoyed when people say especially because you've that been doing and, it all this time. Yeah, exactly. You're a big vinyl. <laughs> it's like as bad as like people like that like don't go to shows. Say yeah. I'm going. Like, oh, you're going to a concert tonight? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. not. Like, <laughs> going to a storage unit. We're going yeah. to a brewery. Yeah, yeah. There's a room with like 80 people in it. It's not right. really a concert. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a concert. <laughs> like, spending five. As soon as they come, I'm picturing like people with like sheet music, like to read and shit. Like, yeah, or a big stage and yeah, it's like no, crazy setup. Yeah. Um. So you had asked Ed about the first time you. DJ'd. Oh yeah, I was. I decided. So I I really yeah, I don't so know like, if we got. So like, I did that. like like oh, yeah. a couple gigs. Like, like in high school, I did like dances at Neptune High School, but everything else was like parties in like people's houses. It was like twenty dudes just like grabbing the mic and me just throwing on instrumentals. Like mm-hmm. I didn't start like DJing out for people until three years ago. It's, it's or like it's coming up on three years now. So. And that started, like, my, my brother-in-law basically kind of, like, and my sister, like, kind of pushed me into doing it, kind of. Because I'd kind of given up on, like, buying records and stuff. And my brother-in-law goes to Collingswood, like, every week on the flea market. And he'd be, like, so he'd send me a picture, like, oh, this guy's got, like, all these 90s hip-hop records. So I started, like, collecting, like, singles and shit again. 
Which I, I, I swear got a I was gonna do from living around singles here. Singles take up so much space, but it's like if you want to be a hip hop DJ, that's what you gotta buy. You know? I got some random white label KRS One that I can't even figure out what the song title is. Oh yeah, that's great. Those are the best <laughs> records. <laughs> but it's it's amazing. Best records. Yeah, I saw <laughs> KRS One last night actually. Nice his birthday. Nice. But so like I started like buying like like records that I like that I used to have that I didn't have anymore because I lost a lot of records like in a like in between moving over twenty years and. Yeah, moving records. Yeah, definitely some So like, I started accumulating records again, and Pete, my brother, in law was like, "You should start DJing somewhere. You know, you can just at least pay for you know pay for the rec- whatever records you want to buy then." And I was like, "Yeah, but then I guess I got to invest money in, a, in equipment." And he was like, "Well, my my turntables have been sitting at Kate's house at Little Eden over on you know Fourth Ave, mm-hmm. uh, Kate's Grace house. Like he just left him there because him and DJ used to uh, do all the." The parties at Asbury Lane's, the Guilty Pleasures dance parties. So when they first started doing those parties, the turntables I use now are the same ones that he, they used for all the parties before they started using a laptop instead of like really using records and shit. So they like these were just sitting over at Kate's house for like two years, and Matt Matt Scarra would use them every once in a while for a DJ gig, but because he was living there, and uh, so he was like, "I'll go pick up my turntables from Kate. You can have them." He, so he was like, you just got to find a mixer. So I, I got a mixer at English Town for like 40 bucks or some shit. Oh, there you go. And um, at the same time, Louis Mowbray was booking like all the DJs at Brick Wall mm-hmm. at the time. So, and my cousin is like a manager at Brick Wall. So I just, like, I, I mentioned to him like, you know, me, like I think I kind of want to try to do a, do a DJ thing there. So like at Brick Wall, obviously they weren't going to let me do hip hop. But like, yeah, we do like soul, play soul records and shit. And actually, the first night I DJ there, I played a lot of like punk, but like mellower punk, like you know, because it is old people in a bar. It's like it's not like a party bar, you know. Brick wall is kind of yeah. like middle of the road, kind right. of. Right. So I mean, like I was playing like ba- like uh, bouncing souls and shit like that. I played a couple Sammy K records, like Slackers records, like stuff that like nobody can object to, yeah. you know. And then I start like after that. I started doing every Sunday, I would do like all soul records for like a brunch thing like in the afternoon. And then that kind of morphed into like, cause Brickwall owns and operates Little Buddy too. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Little Buddy was pretty new still. And they're like, we kind of were trying to like build it into like the cool thing that like they, when my cousin was there, cause he was doing all the booking, they were, the plan was that we wanted to make it like the place where everybody in town like, if you were a band or a DJ, like, that's where you would go if you weren't, like, at a show or some other shit. Like, that's where you'd want to go hang out. So, like, we booked a lot of, like, like dentists, Jolly Daggers play. Like, we booked everybody from Asbury we could. Oh, right, yeah. Bu- and DJs, too. Like, so we had, we got, like, Sammy played there, Sammy K. We had King Django band play there. Um, a lot of bands. So, but that place is definitely more of, like, a nightclub type vibe. So he was, like... You can kind of just make whatever you want to do, you know. He's like, as long as people don't complain, you can play whatever you want, kind of basically. So it was like the first night I I did there, I did like hip hop from like early like the eighties, like Audio Two, like Top Bill, and like songs that like everybody knows though. Like even if they don't know the names I'm saying, like they do know those songs because you've heard them a million times. Like so, like a lot of shit like that, like crisscross jump, even like shit that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would be, like, it started from the 80s, and I'd kind of just work my way forward, like, through the night, kind of, and get up to, like, like peak, like, early 2000s, kind of, and end up at, like, Ja Rule, Ashanti type time frame, kind of. 
and then I, I also kind of they let me fuck around and like I could just play like all 90s like dance hall records which is like nobody plays that kind of shit here like even like any reggae that you go to is reggae reggae it's not mm-hmm. like 90s dance hall like hip hop kind of based reggae and people go people eat it up though because nobody else kind of really does it and like that like I've been like saying like in, the, in that time frame, like in the mid 90s, late 90s, there was a lot of crossover between dance hall, like in New York, between dance hall and hip hop. So it was like, there's a lot of records you had to, a lot of radio records you had to buy if you were into that shit. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the first, not necessarily the, the first record you spun at one of those shows, but do you remember any of the early records you spun at like the house parties and shit? One of the like first, samples or anything. Let's see. One of the first records. Well, the one like the one that everybody always wanted to rhyme over would be the. Uh, like it wasn't a big song at all. But Sons of Man was like a like an offshoot of Wu Tang. They were like younger affiliates, but they came out like '95. That Killer Priest was on the record, and like four other guys who like if you listen to a lot of Wu-Tang you probably heard their names mentioned on other songs kind of that they, they had a single called uh, Soldiers of Darkness and the B-side was Five Arch- Archangels and both beats were just like ridiculous those two everybody always wanted to rhyme over um, the Jay-Z Foxy Brown song um, Ain't No I can't say the other word <laughs> but that beat everybody loves to freestyle over yeah. all the time um because, like, back then, like, when I was doing, like, in high school, it was more, like, everybody that wanted to rhyme would... I'd bring my turntables to somebody's house. Yeah, there's 20 of us, like, in somebody's room, smoking blunts, and, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm just playing instrumentals, and everybody's just <laughs> passing the mic around mm-hmm. the room type shit. Because we used to... Like, everybody used to rap back then. Like, that we hung out with... Like, if you hung out with us, like, you had to, like... We would just smoke blunts and rap. <laughs> Cyphers, yeah. you know? yeah. And it would be like we'd have like dudes like because like we were all from Neptune, Neptune, Neptune City. We'd have like a lot of like we hung out with like a lot of like five percenters like from like the Gables because Neptune High School it was like that was like there was we didn't really have like gang gangs like when I was there. It was like everybody like the if you were in a gang it was the five percenters which I don't consider a gang and they don't consider themselves a gang but everybody else does kind of. But like so like, I grew we all grew up around like that. That's kind of what. I think why like Wu Tang like resonated like so well like with me too because all that's all like the same stuff like I used to read all the, the lessons and shit that everybody else used to read mm-hmm. like I was, yeah, obviously I was never a five percenter but I know like a lot of it got a lot of good friends that were down with that shit mm-hmm. but and then unfortunately now it's like now we have Bloods and Crips here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's like yeah, be careful yeah. what you call a gang because I mean. <laughs> <laughs> No, my wife works at the hospital. She deals with a mm-hmm. lot of the in, in the traumas. The, the oh, I'm sure some of that shit. At the hospital here in Neptune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grew up literally around the block. From okay, there. like my sister still lives like in my parents' house. Yeah. And she bought my parents' house. Or she comes home and she's like, "You better not be walking around." I'm like, I'm gonna walk. Oh yeah, because that's I'm the kind of walk. Like, like, <laughs> what'll happen is like if somebody gets shot, and they don't die, and they get brought there. They just get dropped at the door. They get dropped at the door, and then. Sometimes the people that shot that the know you're not dead show up there. To tell yep. you, I, I got, I've yep. been there where like people came looking for the person that they yep. just shot to try to finish them off. Like it happens a lot. I know she tells me all the time now, and I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's it's wild over there. It's it's a shame. It's kind of like I don't want to say it's always been like that, but I mean, 
Like people are like this summer, everybody you'll see like online people are freaking out like, oh my god, the shootings are out of control. I don't think it's any more than it's ever really probably been. not, but it's, it's just more, there's more that they hear about because because the one that happened on the boardwalk, everybody like that's like that was I mean, national news and shit. July Fourth right? on yeah, but I mean like it's where I live, hard to avoid. like on my block, I've been there four or five years, and at least there's been four shots fired events on my block mm-hmm. in the five years I've been there. It's mm-hmm. at least once a year. Nobody's ever been shot on my block while I while I've been there. Somebody got killed the next block over like a year before I moved there. But like just a month ago there was a, a shooting literally like two houses down from my house. And like that stuff like I haven't seen get any better just because everybody says oh the, all this money come, is coming into town it's like it's, no that shit this money's changed. going into somebody it's going somewhere but it's not coming into town like how many kids at least from that As- side of how town. many kids from Madden Park High School do you see on working in those places you go to on the boardwalk they all have like a couple but you don't see a lot of people from the west side or even, if, even from Neptune it's right. all like rich kids from other towns all yep. come and work yep. here. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's a weird yep. thing, and that's yep. the way it was back in the day before everything burned down too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are we going to repeat the same shit? You know? Possibly. Who knows? You never, never know. You never know. It's like you keep pushing people into a smaller and smaller yep. corner of the city. Yep. They're going to push like back at some gotta point. Some, yeah. you know, people got to live. You know. Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a strange thing it's it's yeah. I mean you guys both you both live here right right yeah. yeah so I mean even like in the last like like even like I used to come here in high school like I'm been around it forever like I never thought it would really be like the way it is now I never in my life thought it would be like this like even ten years ago we didn't really think I can that, attest you know? to that I was literally about to say the same shit yeah it, it was like like at the lanes we always knew it was kind of we were on borrowed time like we but. It was like we never really thought, saw the end coming. No, we yeah. didn't. And then you know, I can even attest to that. Because I so didn't many live times here it that started long. and it right. never stopped. I grew before. up by Atlantic City, and I mean that exact place is still thing. a shithole. <laughs> they keep trying, but uh, they're not yeah. doing as well as as this place true, is. Yeah. But as soon as I got my license, too. it's it is beautiful beach. Yeah, but I got as soon as I got my license, I started coming up here for shows to the lanes or yeah, wherever yeah. because I was like, yo, they got good shows going on. That's why it was great. <laughs> it was like back then you could just walk around. Like everybody knew, like you knew everybody in town. Like yeah. there wasn't like the population. Like I, I'd love to see what the numbers difference is because it was like at one point like, I could just walk from the lanes to, over to Cookman. And the only people I would see is people we knew. Like right. You bump into Pete Steinkoff, you bump into Porkchop, whoever you know, whoever you see out the street. Mm-hmm. Right. So speaking of the lanes, you run the lanes Asbury Park Instagram. Yes. On yeah, on Instagram. Uh, I've just seen multiple old show flyers and set lists, set times, whatever. Like, first of all, thank you. So much for running that. No problem. I actually have to send you a couple set lists still. I've been meaning to do that for a very long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Please send them. Um, that was like kind of like when I when I made that account. Like at first, like we like a bunch of us kind of all just were trying to squat on names almost. You right. know, everybody yeah. was trying to get whatever variation of the lanes you can get. Because on Instagram too, you can kind of mess, you can kind of fuck around and like change what your real name is. So like you could yeah, be like, "This is yeah. the real Asbury." <laughs> so like, uh, 
At first, I did it just for uh, just for a placeholder, kind of, and then um, I told Jen that like, I messaged Juicy Jen that, and she was like, "Oh, let's start." She was like, let's, "We should totally start doing something with it." And I was like, "All right." I mean, like I didn't want to like like that's her shit. Like mm-hmm. Jen is like, as far as I'm concerned, the queen of. All of this Shouts shit. out like, to her. She's the she's the best. Goth. Yeah, we still got to get her on sometimes. We, yeah, we got it. Everybody. <laughs> in yep. Um, she's an amazing person. So she was like, "Oh, we, let's start posting on it and talking with them." Because I didn't want to start any trouble for her because she was still like in like legal stuff with them at that point. Um, because it was really dirty when they took over. Like, they seized, like, the, the internet accounts, like, in the middle of the night and shit. Like, it was real shady. Like, yeah. It was, like, they, uh, they took over the website. They, the person who had the website, from what I heard, they, like, called the webmaster. And, like, oh, they were like, we'll give you, like, five grand if you just give us the website. And I, I heard he said no. And they said, okay, we'll give you ten. And he said, okay. And just took it. So they just had asburynays.com then. And... Um, so that's why everybody started trying to squat on Instagram accounts. Like, fuck them. Let's try to keep them from having like a presence. And like, people like mad people talk shit when they their first like when they first took over the lanes and they're because the first thing they posted was like that nothing was going to change, and then everything completely yeah, changed. Yeah, the whole like, entire thing. Like, if you didn't say that, like I'd leave you alone if yeah. you just opened as it shouldn't even be the Asbury Lanes. It should no. just be like Asbury Diner. They should have changed the, the name in the beginning. Yeah. And like, st- like don't try to capitalize on what. It was because it's not the same. Not no, it's not. Have you Messi been to a only, show since? I haven't been in there since. Okay, the we went yeah. once we, and we were like, I've as soon as we walked yeah. in, th- we didn't even walk through the front I, doors. We were like, what the? Yeah, fuck? I honestly, every corner I looked at, like I had a frown on my face. Like, yeah, I, it, like I saw nothing but just like LED lights. And yeah, this is like a Times Square bar, is what it was. Yeah, like. it, yeah. Looked, it was like a hard rock cafe. It yeah, looked it like is. Toby Keith's I Love yeah. the Bar and Grill. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it really <laughs> did. That's that's what like, from the what I've seen of the pictures. That's the way yeah. it seems to me. But you know, and it was like I was like I get it. Like I. Like we were really lucky for it to have it for as long as we did. We had a for sure blast there. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, but I, I wish it was just something else at this point. I hear you. But I will say at least they they haven't used the, like the the skull and like pins logo. Yeah, I'm happy about that. There was a deal too, about there. There is a deal. There was like a deal made like about that. Like that neither like neither her nor them will use that. Yeah. Anymore. Totally. So like, but which kind of sucks because from what I understand, Jen owns that the trademark for it legally. But they're the big, one of the biggest corporations in the world. They could just sue her until she can't go to court anymore. Right. Yeah. So, totally. I guess. And they gave her like money, like for like an arts program or something, like as like a even even Steven or whatever the hell. <laughs> they <laughs> they at least it. try to yeah, make up some PR shit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I guess since we're still on the topic about Asbury Lanes, um, what were some of your favorite shows that you saw there? All right, when the, it was still the lanes. So, like one of the funnest nights, absolutely, was the the explosion when they were that, <sighs> that when they they played this is hardcore. Yes, before, I remember that. And they weren't scheduled to play at the lanes. The no, next night. they weren't. It was supposed to be. Oh, um, a band from England, and they couldn't f- like fly across the country. They couldn't oh fly. shit! Um, I because the, the name I have because I have the poster, and I know whatever the name was. Like the poster has like a just a black tarantula stenciled over their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
and like nobody said they were even playing. Like, oh, it was no. never even announced. Not until the next day. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was, was crazy. That was a great night. It was full speed ahead played that night. Yeah, I remember bad. full speed ahead stag party. Stag party. Yeah, it was heavy chains played. played. Was yeah, all Jersey like yeah. straight up hardcore punk. It was fucking that was so a blast. The explosion like my probably my favorite punk band. They're like, awesome of all time. <laughs> yeah, which. Like, they probably have an unfair advantage because they only play, like, every once in a while. So it's always a big fucking deal when they play. But, I like, when they came out, like, I and they were, like, my favorite band the first time I saw them. Like, back, like, in the day, like, in the 90s. And mm-hmm. Like, I will, I will always love that band. I think that, from what I hear, because they just started an Instagram, so there's, like, chatter that I think they're going to start doing more stuff, which Ooh. I hope. Because I, I missed the Bad <laughs> Religion in New York, and I was really pissed I didn't go. And so I'm hoping to see them at some point this year. Totally. I love them. Coolio at the Lanes was a great I night. missed that, that one. one. I missed that one. I'm so pissed I missed that one. That was one. a fucking blast. Coolio was a nut job. Like, he was like <laughs> the most demanding person. Like you would have thought he was like Michael Jackson. Really? Yeah. But it was it was so much fun because even I like I like like I love like I love hip hop. So yeah. like, I could t- I could name ten Coolio songs. Most people can't. But like he when he was playing, it was like. Oh shit! I forgot because he had like one verse on a lot of songs with like other rappers that like people forget about. Like there was a, he had a song on the Space Jam soundtrack with like LL Cool J, Method Man, him and Busta Rhymes, and like I totally forgot about that song. And he started doing the verse because he just did his one verse from like mm-hmm. a bunch of songs, and it was killer. The whole place went nuts when he when he did uh, when they played Fantastic Voyage. The place went insane. He did uh, whatever that song, whatever he did in Clueless because like. That's like all the white girls go crazy. For that song. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, I never even saw Clueless. Like I was, it wasn't my type of shit. Because I was like, why are all like these Becky looking motherfuckers in here? And it was like when he, like, he played that song, you knew why. Gets Paradise, the entire place screamed like every word. Yeah. Like that was really fun. Uh, Schooly D played at the lanes one time with a band backing him. What was the fucking band's name? Schooly D and. What was that? Oh man, it was a, it was, it was like, what the fuck is the name of that band? Hold on, can I look at the stuff on YouTube? Yeah, right? that's yeah. fun. Because I know it's on my YouTube. Hold <laughs> on. There was a, there was, a, but it was MC School of D, like PSK. What does it mean? And he did like his whole set, like, because it was a band that played there semi regularly, and like they did their set, and then they they just backed him like as a band. And it was like, cause he kind of got like, like a second career from Adult Swim somehow, cause he did like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force theme song, and they started putting out like singles by him all the time. And I think this band was like involved with that somehow too. Let me, what is their name? Give me one second. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Guys, where are they? Oh, but uh, so Kid is Qual is the name of the Kid band. Is okay. Cool. Oh wow, I remember that band. And they they like, he did a full set and he was like, "Where's the cocaine?" At? Like he was like, oh, <laughs> motherfucker!" Like, he was he was hardcore man. He, he was like getting close to sixty at this point. He, like, he didn't give a fuck. He did not care. <laughs> Damn. Wow, and that Coolio lineup. Uh, going back to that real quick. That was a crazy lineup. I, I know it didn't go, but like Born Annoying played. Yeah, it was all punk bands. And, yeah, and like Von Mons, I think. Yeah, the Von Mons opened Born Annoying. You big up DJ Values and all those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Coolio. It was so much fun because it was. <laughs> and it was they had like literally those other bands had to be added 
to get enough people to come because like, oh, totally. it wouldn't have sold out because like he wanted like a high number like I think tickets were twenty to get in which is high for like for right exactly yeah. but it was like he had to get a certain number because like, I remember before he even booked it Mike Lawrence like posted like on Facebook like if you if it was gonna be twenty dollars would you be still be down for Coolio. And enough people said, and he was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." Yeah, and like it was like, yeah, I mean, he got paid, so yeah. Like, I don't know if they made any money, but it was like, that was a fun night because it was weird. All the weirder ones are like my favorite ones, I think. Like, there's been a lot of like huge bands that have been great there. Oh, so like, many. the first, the first time Sigma Doll played there was insane. The first H2O show there was insane. Oh. There was a lot of bands like that, but there was a lot of like just bands that like, I've only seen maybe once or twice that were great like Shannon and the Clams I only ever saw once there yeah like I wasn't there to see them I was just like I used to just go there like almost every night like because I lived in Allenhurst so it was like that was like my local bar I would just go and like sit and bullshit with Mikey Lawrence or Jan whoever was working at the bar and just watch whatever bands are playing exactly so you'd see like and like if they were good I'd buy their record like I have a lot of just weird records from bands that came through once that never came through ever again and like those are the fun nights for like for me like weird totally. ones. I would just go in there on like random weekends. Like I didn't give a fuck what was going on. I'd just go in there to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you knew something. You know something would like, be happening like, there. I didn't care if it was like a emo night or indie night or just like exactly. a DJ yeah. play. Sometimes you'd go be like a bunch of hippies. Sometimes yeah. it'd be fucking bingo. Sometimes it'd be gay bowling. Like, you know, it would be like something different. Uh, like, it was always like something going on. Like there's this one something time weird, which, which is like yeah. all that shit happens now at every other bar. Exactly. Like, everybody's yes. doing shit that we, that was done in the mm-hmm. lanes 15 or 12 years ago, whatever. Like there'd be some, some random shit going on in the lanes. Like I crashed a Manasquan private party there one time and like, th- like big Tom and like JB and all of them were working. Oh yeah. Totally. Like weird <laughs> shit. Like it was all, there'd always be something happening. Yeah, to- oh my god, totally. And that was one of the greatest things about it. I wish you, Joe, you got I there. I wish I could have made it more than I did. I had gone to like three or four. What show? Do you recollect what shows you were um, at? I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. I know one of them was Fortunate Youth. Oh, okay. Because I had friends of mine from Atlantic City that opened that. Word. And okay. were like, they were very good friends with Fortunate Youth, so. Yeah, that one was like an obscure reggae show, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely went to some others. I'm blanking on what. I mean, it was always Mad like, Caddies. I think was one. That yeah, that um, I'm sure I was at. That yeah, one, absolutely. I don't remember what, but I wish I could have made it to more. I just didn't live in the area at yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was like, literally, like I moved to Allenhurst, like, but like literally right over the bridge, basically. Yeah. So it was like a ten minute walk to the yeah. lake. We, like when we moved there, we moved there. It's like my walk to the lanes. brewery now. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that's, yep. exactly the same. Like that's why I moved here. It was like just to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank God the brewery has things going on now for us. Big ups to the brewery. They're awesome for sure. Will you be there tomorrow for uh, Sunny Gang? Yeah, tomorrow I'm and so stoked. Sunny Gang's Barstool Preachers. Yeah, I'm yeah. really stoked for tomorrow. Hell yeah. I was uh, messaging with Joe Sapp before yeah. earlier. Um, I'm he's, really stoked. He's the homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, they're like... Shots out. Not, I don't want to say my favorite new band, but like my new... New like, to you. I'm way into it. Like, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. miss them when they first came around. That's what Ed's been saying, out. too. And, yeah. and, I was, and I told them like when I first met... like I think I've told almost everybody in that band at this yeah. point. Like, that, the first time I, I saw them, I told them, like... 
people have been telling me for like the last like three months, like you would have to see Sunny Gang because like they're everything. Like you're, you're into yeah. they're fucking punk. They are everything. Because it's like when you say rap rock, it's like oh this yeah, could be really, could be bad. really bad. It goes oh. really bad ninety yeah. percent of the time, but it's but this, is, this is definitely this walk is a fine it. line. Yeah, like I remember, like I remember when Rage Against the Machine first came out, like. That shit was unfuckwithable. Like yeah. that shit was so dope. Yeah. Like nobody heard anything like that. Like now they're kind of like, they kind of became a cliche kind of band. They have, like, but I Frat still always love that. But it's like I still all the songs I still were think still of them as band, like militant. the yep yep. Was like Zach exactly Inside Out Inside Out, which yeah. is amazing, boy, amazing hardcore band. And, and like he's like that dude for real because yeah. he's the only one that's not in that other new band now because yep. he's like whatever I don't need it. Yep. But I do also respect Tom Morello, like, is out there just to, like, be political and try to get people to talk shit. Yeah. Like, he seems like a really good dude. Like, a, like he's, like, Have a you seen that, their new show with I have not Chuck seen D them live. I mean, I've seen no. videos and shit, but I, I've, I, I've seen, seen it now seen twice. It's amazing. I, I love him. I love Be Real. It's amazing. And the, the band is fucking super tight. I know that. Yeah. I, did, I saw Public Enemy once I saw Public Enemy at Convention Hall for I was ATP there too Festival. I was there too I yep. to, Jen got me a job working the co-check just so I would like get in for free that's for the whole awesome nice. I worked co-check for two hours on wow. Monday and two hours the next day what a festival that was the holy ultra magnetic MC yeah LP who was like the, everybody's obsessed with fucking Run the Jewels yeah but it was before it that was, yo, <laughs> everything he did before Run the Jewels I think is should be talked about way more than what Run the yeah. Jewels is. That's what I think with uh, I mean, I Killer, like Killer Mike, Mike, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I love Run the Jewels, but, like, everybody that LP ever worked with was, like, insane on the mic. Like, all the Weatherman records that he did, the shit he did with Cage, everything on Def Jocks was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, all had that same type of vibe, like, that weird, like, outer space, like, crazy ill beat kind of vibe. But like they were they were at convention hall with Portishead like that was the weirdest yeah. festival ever. It was like some like European company put it out, so it was like real fucking eclectic. Right, the fucking uh, Jeff Magnum. Jeff Magnum, Magnum from New Drummond Hotel played. They played. Swans played. Battles. Shellac. Yeah. That was when Shepard Ferry came. Shellac fucking played. Fuck? Yeah, yeah. It was a weird <laughs> festival. I it sounds like it. They played a secret show at the lanes like mm-hmm. the last day, and that yeah. was like the yeah. fucking. Wow. It was insane. That was when that, all the Shepard fairy murals like was that weekend yeah because he DJed yep. at the lanes that weekend yep and he came and put up all the murals. I remember seeing Reggie Watts do stand up in the Berkeley Hotel yeah I like, saw it was fucking crazy I was because I because I was working the coach check like, I was like in like the like employee parking lot at convention yeah. hall and Flavor Flav pulled up in a, like, a surf taxi cab like, <laughs> <laughs> everybody else pulled up in limos and shit he pulls up in like a surf taxi cab I was like hanging out the window like waving at everybody coming down the street like he used That's the fucking awesome. and then and then like, when they were on stage he fucking he played bass at one point because like, they played with a full band yeah. Like he walked over and took the bass off the bass player and played bass for a song. I forgot about that. Played drum. Like he's like a like a musical like genius. He's like a, like a savant with that shit. He could play anything. He played drums, he played keys, and like he's a, another one who's like he's a joke, he's a clown, but a knows lot of what he's doing. Act. Some of it's drugs <laughs> too. From what I you know, I've read a lot of interviews, like so I follow like, all that like I've I've been watching Vlad T V on YouTube uh, a lot lately, like in he interviews a lot of like the older rappers and like everybody's like yeah Flav was always a problem like, <laughs> same thing with like the guy from the, the uh, Bushwick Bill from the Ghetto Boys I was just watching the video and 
Willie D was like he was always a problem. It yeah. was exhausting being a yeah. And he's like, he died broke, and the other Willie D and Scarface always had money because they wrote all the lyrics. So they had publishing. He's mm-hmm. never he never had publishing for anything. So like anytime he needed money, they would go and do it. I have to go and do a tour so you get a little money together. And but and eventually it becomes a job like a job and they're like, fuck you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just write rhymes for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um how about that new fest was that a festival or is that just one day thing that you posted about today? Was it today or the other day? Uh, the loud is it the loud records one? I think so. Wu Tang Mob Deep. Yeah, that's the. 20- I saw it last week, right? They announced yeah, yeah, it? I posted it last week. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. It's the 25th anniversary of Loud Records. So Loud Records put out that shit looks awesome. The first Wu Tang oh, album. Oh no, yeah, Mob Deep. Um, like basically everybody on there. Three Six Mafia exhibit MOP. Fucking big pun. That's trio. almost every group that was on that entire record label. There's only three Rock. names that aren't on there. That and it says plus surprise guests. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming the only three that aren't on there, I think, is uh, there was a Latin group called Delinquent Hab- Habits. They're from I think from California. Um, Sadat X from Brand Newbie and put out Solar Records. And I saw him talking shit on their Instagram. He was like, "Oh, I guess I'm not invited." So I'm assuming that means he's not the surprise guest either because he was, like, pissed about it, kind of. Yeah. Um, and there's one other person. I can't even think of who it is right now. Oh, the Cellar Dwellers who were from, like, Newark. and One was from Newark and one was from Brooklyn, I think. But they only had, like, one. They had one great record. They were, like, one of those 90s groups. They had one big hit, one album, and then they both did, like, other, like, solo songs. Like, you could find, like, underground compilations, but they never really hit hit. And, but that's gonna be a great. It looks movie. awesome. Yeah, no, I would. That's like, uh, I know, like when when they signed uh, Wu Tang, like nine labels passed, like eight or nine labels passed on Wu Tang before they agreed to do it. And they were like a nothing label at that point. I think almost everybody on that list came after Wu Tang. Um, I know Nervous. I read a thing where the, the guy from Nervous Records, they was he pitched to them right before Rizzo pitched Wu Tang to them right before Loud, and they had just signed. Uh, Black Moon Smith and West like that whole boot camp click crew and they're like we can't hire another nine nine people yeah <laughs> completely independent of the 12 <laughs> other guys we're dealing with right now so they passed and it was like those dudes would be all on fucking yachts right now if they had that first record yeah really, you know yeah did you watch that speaking of like because I, I just was watching the documentary I recently love the documentary what was that on stars Stars or Showtime? Showtime. It was Showtime. Showtime. The documentary was great. I loved it. Oh my gosh. And I, I thought I was going to be like semi bored because like I, I, I know, I thought I knew a lot of it and there was so much stuff in there that I didn't even know yeah. about. It was, Definitely I thought kept it was it great. interesting. But I, they, was they, I loved how the, when the they got into gone. all that and how was, like everyone passed on them. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, you don't think of it because now it's like, oh, it's Wu Tang. But nine members, that's a lot of money to, that's put, the whole to thing, put up. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So and it makes sense. It's like, and when you watch the show, it's like that's the brilliance of the RZA. Like that's yeah. the thing is, he's he easily could have said fuck you to all of them, and he could have put out. From what I heard, the the first Grave Diggers album was already recorded, and like he already had a deal that he could have sold that. I mean, he was just holding it, like behind, he didn't want anybody to know about it because he was trying to push the Wu Tang thing first. So like he already and he had a deal before that because he put a sing, he put singles out like in the late eighties, so 
he gave that up to force every everybody to get a deal. And they don't really like when you watch the documentary, they're all kind of like, oh, fuck Rizza at one point. They almost all of them say fuck Rizza, yeah, but pretty he much gave up without so much saying. Yeah, but that's the thing is he those words. He <laughs> gave up more than he got. Yeah. Yeah. And if all of them had continued to contribute the way he had set it up to work, they all would have made a lot more money, but they all kind of went off their own way. It's tough to and keep that, that many people together. That's the thing is it's the patience factor. It's like, yeah. you know, like they, what made them great to me was his beats more than anything. Like that was like, that's the Wu-Tang sound. The, like, Ghostface is great without RZA, but it's not, they're not Wu records really at that point to me. Like, you know, like Method Man had great, like, Balancey records on Def Jam, but if they're not RZA beats, they're not Wu records. Yeah. And all of those dudes, I think, are better. I'd rather listen to one verse from four of them than a whole album. A whole, uh, 12 songs of four verses of just one guy. Yeah. And not to say, like, oh, you can't rap that much, but it's like when you're generating that much material, the material is bound to suffer. Yeah. It's, you know, and but that's the thing is they all kind of lost their patience. It was yeah. like the first three or four were in the barrel kind of ready to go and then nobody wanted to wait around. Nobody wanted to work on the other guy's shit while they because their shit hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. I just listened to also the... But I love the documentary. The documentary was great. But at the same time I was watching that, I listened to the You God book. I haven't I don't know. heard You that haven't yet. heard, heard it yet? I've heard parts of it, but I haven't heard the um, whole thing. I, I He's a salty motherfucker. He is. I know that. Really <laughs> salty. So I was also yeah. taking it with, with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like, all right, well, I want to hear this information, but also... Damn, he's talking a lot of smack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still really enjoyed the book as at the same time that I was watching the documentary. Well, that's series. what I'm saying. Like, if Rizzo was really that... Like, if he was like a bad dude, a t- totalitarian, like they tried to kind of make it out... He had full control over the movie. He could have stopped everything yeah. from being Yeah, better. for sure. He let the, like, he let them show everybody what everybody didn't like about what he did. And he admitted he may have been wrong about things. Uh, his brother was like, fuck all y'all. And yeah. his brother was right. His brother, and yeah. the, there's that one scene where uh, Ghostface, like, they show him when they're real, like, when, like, early, like, before anybody signed anything. And Ghost says, I love you to Divine. The Divine's like, ain't no love in business, man. Mm-hmm. And he said, and like they they showed Ghost watching that clip, and he was like, I should have listened to him because he's he was right, you know. Yeah. And none of them have spoken to him in like twenty years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting on a yacht, (laughs) checks everyone still. (laughs) And that's the thing is like he did the work though. Like I I I don't think he's living off of them. He was a no. He put a lot of time in driving that because none of those like. Him, him and Riz's drive is what got those guys hurt. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, even they all are even the solo stars. stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, Method Man is a, a fucking star from Cream, and he didn't even have a verse. Just from the hook, like as soon as you heard his voice, like those the way he like mm-hmm. rides on this, like any song he's on, it's you knew he was gonna blow up and be the, like the star at all, and he was gonna be in movies and all that shit. I love seeing him yeah, and like, stuff now. He's and great. Acting. It's, he's it's great. Awesome. He was great in the fucking wire. I loved him. In the oh, he was awesome. But yeah, he's, he's, he's my State. favorite when he's not doing poppy records. He's my favorite yeah. motherfucker, probably. I um, love that dude. Do you have a favorite Wu-Tang member? I would say Riz is probably my, my number one favorite. I, I was 
thinking that just based on what you've But that's because been I mean, is that because <laughs> he's doing production too. Like straight up yeah, as MC, as a, I would go with the genius probably the Jizza. But I mean, Ghostface, you can't like you can't think anything. Like, Ghostface has probably put out more great solo songs than anybody else in the world. I'd yeah. say. Like he consistently puts out records. Like yeah, I just got like two new records. Like the two records he did with Adrian Young, who was like a producer, who did like all the music for Luke Cage, the the, mm-hmm. the Marvel. I love seeing it again. Yeah, Method so Man in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's all like, all that. Oh, you're it's, it's, like, Ghostface. You're Luke Cage. Basically, it was it, that's a Ugh. great record. I always like, I always buy anything new he puts out, but it's different. It's not I, I like sort of like woo shit. Yeah, like Genius yeah. was like a. Like on a whole other. That's why he's. That's his name. Yeah. Is, uh, if they say on the first album or whatever, he's probably my favorite MC. I okay. I think for me, it's uh, it's either Method Man or Ghostface. Meth is great. I just like I love Meth's flow. So I like I uh, I've seen him so like he the second Summer Jam in 1995 was the year that Takal came out. So it, it was him solo, but it it was him Street Life, Inspector Deck, Carlton Fisk. Like they were all like. B level kind of guys, except for Inspector Deck, and it was just as good as the year before seeing Wu Tang. I saw him in the, at the Sawmill in Seaside one time. Oh, nice. Um, he was at the, he's been at the Pony a couple times. I've see, I'll, I'll see him anytime I get the chance to see him. He was oh, yeah. always great. Uh, I saw Ghostface in Stano House, which is like I'm like as far away as you are from me. Fi- I'm like is that five where you just away. saw KRS? Yeah, that's where I saw KRS. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere, northwest Jersey. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw Pete Rock and Seal Smooth there. I saw Camplo there. We saw Mob Deep there. Rakim. KRS One. And it's in the middle of... Yeah. I saw KRS One on a Tuesday night last night. Yeah. It was his birthday. It was KRS One's birthday. So like they brought out like a birthday cake for him and everything. Jersey. Dude, he was <laughs> the... Yo, he's probably my favorite MC of all time. I, I would... I, he's definitely in my top five. I'm with you there, 100%. He's definitely in my top five. KRS I is think, amazing. And like you can say, like, oh, this person's a, had bigger albums. He's whatever. a genius. He's what yeah. an MC to me is, though. Like, even last night, like, he literally, like... Because he could just do hits all night because he's got that many hits and like but he won't even do that like he's just freestyling half the fucking night still like rapping about people in the fucking room and literally at one point he's on stage he's freestyling somebody's taking a selfie with him and he's posing while he's freestyling in his other hand somebody handed him a record and he's fucking writing his name in graffiti on the record all at once it was like insane it's like it's like being in the presence of a god like it, like he is Damn. he's everything that hip hop is like, I, to I me agree. that's awesome he's like the epitome of hip hop to me I've only so seen him like wrong. three times but like he's it. I still have yet he's to see shit. him, but I I, I think he's he my top yeah. top MC like of all he, time. Last night was he was, was his fifty sixth birthday and he fucking killed it. He did it like an hour and fifteen minutes straight. That's amazing. All bangers and freestyles. And then when he was done, walk, just walked around the room for like forty minutes as people stood next to him and took selfies because like he wanted to make sure everybody got a chance. Yeah. And he's like. I'm not going to stand behind a table and make you line up to take pictures of me. I'm just going to walk around the room. If you want to take a picture, come up, put your arm around me. We'll put, you know, whatever you want to do. If you got something you want me to sign, let me know. Awesome. And then he dropped the mic and just did that for 20 minutes. Like, that's, like, that's he's a, he's awesome. fucking real dude. Like, real I dude. wish I could have got, like, seen him at the lanes. Like, I wish, like, I, like, was as into, like, knowing, like, people that book shows and stuff now as I was back then. 
because there's a, I would I would if the lanes was still what it was I'd probably be trying to book him up just mm-hmm. right now because oh, yeah. like everybody Me in this too. town is weird about it so it's like you can't go anywhere big like it, it's got to be a small room kind of right otherwise they want like extra security and all that kind of shit which is it's always been that way in this fucking town but like big up to Solo for Dog because he did uh, the hip hop festival at the Wonder Bar last summer. And, and then that was on a Monday night house. and it was fucking packed. And then he had it at House of Independence, right? The second, uh, he did something else there. That was okay. the second thing, yeah. The first one was at the Wonder Bar and it was a Monday night, it was a free show and it was almost like sold out. Yeah, I was I don't there. know what the numbers were. But like that was that was big. Um, I was there with Joe Sapp actually. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was a blast. Yeah, fucking Ren Thomas was there. Yeah. Um, the dude from The Outsiders was there. Uh, that was on the first Fuji's album. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a fucking great night. That was a really solid lineup. There was it a was. lot of good MCs on that night. Um, Solo knows a lot of good dope dudes like that. He's definitely. I've been talking to him like the last like month or two. Like he's got some shit on deck trying to book definitely. So I got a, a question. A little sidetrack. Um, I know we sp- we spun at t- at the start. Name the track again. It was Sick of It All and... Mob Deep. Mob Survival Deep. of the Fittest. So, speaking of some mashup shit like that... All right. Have you ever heard Wugazi? That mix. That's, uh... Like, it's got, like, it's, I've heard the waiting room, like, joint. The whole album. I've never heard the whole record is, of it. I gotta, show, I gotta show you that. I've, I've heard a lot of, like, the weird ones like that. I just got My the... My uh, buddy found that when I was in college... And showed it to me, and as soon as I listened to it, I was like floored. There's a lot of really good because like Fugazi is one of my favorite, uh, probably is my favorite punk band, and Wu Tang is very, very high up there for my favorite. I'll tell groups. you back in like the and 90s, the way they did it, it flows nice. I remember like when I first had like a like a shitty little program on my computer where I could like make loops and like chop beats and stuff. Like I was never really that into it, but I would fuck around with it, and I, I literally, I could, I probably still have, the, I have the disc in my house still, of like a hip hop beat that I made from the loop of the the beginning of Waiting Room, the you know, like using those drums, like so, like it's like when that I heard that woo shit, I was like, fuck, this is like what I was thinking when I was trying to make that beat, because I hear a lot of shit, like a lot of times when I hear certain. Like rock band type shit I listen to it From a hip hop Like oh that would be A sick fucking sample You know Because a lot of You don't hear that As much anymore Like somebody just I just read I saw somebody post yesterday Prince There's a There's a Like a The The sample on MC Light Paper Thin Is like a guitar solo From like some random Prince song That you would never think Is like where that came from And I've heard that beat My entire life mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like, like I look for samples and shit And I never knew that Until I saw it on Instagram The other day Like I hear I, I, My mind is still blown But I love like Looking for Hell songs yeah. That are in other songs That's awesome That was like another night I did it I was doing it Brick Wall For a while I'd play like The original song And then like Whatever hip hop song Sampled it Cause that way I could get away with it there. That's how I could get away with playing rap records there. Cause it was like old people wouldn't play. Cause you're playing like an older like soul record yeah. or a funk record, so they'd get into it. And then you go into like the hip hop record that sampled it. Like you play like the, the Diana Ross on coming out, and then right into Biggie, yeah, you know, uh, my money, my problems, and that way you're covering <laughs> both halves yep. of the crowd yep. at the same time. And like I would, I, I did that. I did that a lot. Those are those are fun. I like doing that. Like you know, a spot where you can get away with doing it. It's cool. Hell yeah. Because I like fucking around with every kind of music. I haven't 
a question. Who are some of your newer, like, favorite punk bands around this area? Uh, bands? The Mighty Hoplod, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Big Ups oh, and Homies. Yeah. Sonny Gang is, like, my, my favorite, like, new band. They're my favorite band. band right now. Um, there's... Fucking, I quit. I fucking love. They're great. Holy shit. People don't realize how local they are, but right. that's definitely a local band. I think they're playing a, They're playing one of the Avail shows. I think they're playing the Avail show in Philly. Oh, really? I think they just Whoa, got okay. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I am wrong, but <laughs> I swear I think I saw Matt Skyro post that the other day. Um, I love them. Um, I like I like everybody. Like, every, like All the punks bands in town are all fucking good. I love the band Saders. Battery Electric, I miss fucking Ronnie and fucking Brent being fucking not around. They're yeah. fucking fun dudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're making Kevin moves. Too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, him, I, he's the only, I, don't, I don't really know him. I didn't mean to leave him out. I just, no, it's okay. I know Ronnie a little bit. I know Brent a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I know Ronnie forever. Ronnie, Ronnie, I remember Ronnie was in P-Dub's band back in the day. Ronnie was Ron, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Rude. Ronnie had a fucking Ronnie reggae record. Rude. Yo. Put up, oh. Look up Ronnie Rude, Hide Me Away. He had a reggae banger on one of the oh, yeah. back I there. definitely got to check so, that out. Oh my, I just, yeah, <laughs> when, I, when I first met him, he was he was playing guitar in P Dub's band back in the day. Nice. And it was like and like P Dub, I I knew from like Inspector Seven back in the day. Like, that, he like Inspector Seven was like the first like Scott like local band I got into like at all because they were just like a ska band that like everybody was fucking afraid of like it was like so weird and like fucking scary because like they were like intimidating intimidating fucking band like in the 90s like they would come out and it was they were all like it was all like skinheads and fucking dudes with dreads like they were gangster and and all like the weird like wacky like ska bands like that like would have like because every ska show was like you gotta have like seven bands and half of them are like kids in high school that are like band kids you know Mm -hmm. the wacky ska before they get into like more musical type stuff, mm-hmm. so like, but you would hear kids like when they finally got to like Inspector Seven coming on, like they'd be like, kids be like whispering and like afraid and shit, like oh my god, like <laughs> I heard this band is so fucking scary, and like, people were afraid of them, like because they, they were they were like beat motherfuckers up, like they were gangsters, they were like, a hardcore fucking band, but a ska band, <laughs> like they were they were the real deal ska, and that's the whole yeah. thing. The same as like the way Hub City Stoppers is now, like mm-hmm. you, obviously you guys know Travis. Like they were fucking gangster. It was like him and Giuseppe, two lead singers, like fucking like two opposite sides of the same coin. Like they were a fucking badass band. Like, Scooch, the sax player, used to come out with like kiss makeup on and shit, no shirt, or like a ski mask on. They were they, they were my first local like band. Like that's what made me go start going to like shows and not concerts. Like that was they were my shit. Like that, them and Catch Twenty Two had just kind of come out at the same time. Like okay. the rules of the game, like the demo game. Yeah. Because like I was, I got into ska because it sounded kind of like reggae. That's the only reason I even started going to shows. Because I like dance hall and I like reggae, and I hear some ska bands. And then the first like ska show I went to was here. Here goes more credibility points. Real big fish <laughs> at, at the Pony, but the openers was Stubborn All Stars. What. And the Pilfers, who were fucking amazing. Oh, oh shit. Cool. Yes. yes. So it was like, those were, like, I walked in, Stubborn All Stars were just starting, and then then the Pilfers played. It was like, I was I was like, I don't even need to watch Real Big Fish. Like, this is like all I wanted to listen to was these yeah. two bands now. Like, and I bought, like, whatever. That's when I started buying, like, compilations, and I just started going, like, every show I could go to. 
but like those two bands, like because because Cooley Ranks is straight up like he like chats, you know, it's like dance hall, like he doesn't even it's not even like singing, like he's straight up like is rhyming, but like in patois or Jamaican whatever. Um, so I got I don't know you probably never heard of him, but I I gotta throw it out here while sure. we're talking to you. One of my very close friends from college will be coming through September 9th. Okay. No. 8th. Yes. September 8th yes. at House of Independence. He's he's a rapper. Really? Ron Solemn. Okay. Um, he's got... He's put out a, a wide variety of different... Really? ...stuff. I mean, I every to, every time he puts something out, it, he's getting better and better and better. He's playing at the house. He's in playing September? at House of Independence September eighth. Yeah, nice. It's a Sunday, but and All I'm right. hopefully going to be vending it. But he, very good, good friend of mine from college. Nice. And you, where's you, he from? You would dig him. Um, is he from Jersey, I think or? he is from Jersey. I think he's from like Roselle area. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, let me double check that. But. Um, like I said, I mean, it's a wide variety, but... And we were going through... So st- he's an MC? Yeah. He raps? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's, like, on the the um, the SoundCloud type stuff, but, yeah, yeah. but not, like, a SoundCloud rapper. I hear you, yeah. No, um, and he's killing it lately, I think. Everything... Like I said, he keeps getting better. That's great, yeah. Um Everything he puits out... I'll definitely go it ...is amazing. Yeah, but I was like, I try to go to like. I've been trying to get him to come around here for a while, and then without him even talk, like, I mean, I I know all the hip hop heads around town, but like, I was actually with Ed the other day with another friend of ours that he he shows me this flyer, and I'm like, no way, that's Ron's gonna be in town. So yeah, no, I had to throw that out there because I figured you you. That's would awesome. It. No, I definitely. Yeah. I'll you know, remind me about it for I'll sure. For go, sure, I'll definitely go check. That um, out. I don't even remember what I was looking up. Uh, where he's from? Where he's from? I don't think it's on his sh- uh, face. It, it might be on his 8. Facebook. It is on. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah I'll, I'll but um, to be there. Ron's a really just down to earth, good dude. I gotta say, big, also, big ups to House rapper. Independence. For real, um, he is from Roselle. Okay. Yeah, um, I think he lives in Hillside now. It says on his Facebook. But um, I like House of Independence because they'll do. They are starting to throw more. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and Sam. Even like the, the harder hardcore. Jim basically Norton. running it. Yeah, so like half the lanes is like running that place. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. little Mike, I, little Mike Lawrence is. I love Sam. Oh Samantha, gosh. I love. They're like the two. Yep. Two of my favorite people in the world. Okay. Yeah, I used to go to the lanes just to. Sit at the bar like there were, weren't even bands, just chilling. Yeah, you got Taylor over there doing sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it's a great. It's a, it's a, it's weird. It's not the same. Like obviously, nothing can really fill that spot. Like the brewery is great, but it's like, but then you can't hang out there after the show. It's like, yeah, no, but it's a brewery. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got certain yeah, rules. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're trying to put more rules on it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know, like, I think I, somebody said, like, they would have exceeded whatever the actual number is of shows. They exceeded that in March. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> which is ridiculous because they're not competing with anybody else in this town. No. They're not taking business away from anybody no. in this town. No. 
Like if you're going to Johnny Max, you're going to Johnny Max. You're not gonna go. You weren't gonna go to the brewery anyway. Like no, you might go for a beer, but you ain't gonna stay if a show's yeah, going and on. Like, you're gonna yeah. walk in and be like, "What the yeah, fuck?" Yeah, they just need to let they let the punks use the, use the brewery. They so they don't they're not making the killing off either. I know they're not taking money like off the shows even from right here. So big ups to them. I know even that's why you'll see stuff. Sometimes like we'll start at House of Independence. And they they work there. with each other because yeah, they all know each yeah, other. They're not allowed to like say it always, <laughs> but it's all that's all like Lane's people. Yeah. Like, all the same people like Swank that used to book all yep. do all the right. nights is doing yep. the same shit over there, and that's why the bigger ones have been at House of Independence too. Yep. And big uh, ups to Swank. He's and they're not around. and they're not shutting the hardcore shit down when shit exactly. gets too wild. Exactly. I thought after a and few but, crazy shows yeah, yeah. it might, but. Yeah. Totally, they're still that's, down. Yeah, they're exactly. still down. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's, it's, it's a great place. It's a fun Shore style. Sure, well, that's fucking style. That's the thing. Like with a small room like that, you should be able to police it yourself. You yeah, take care of it. Like, there was that one weird show when that that kid from that band pissed or something. <laughs> and I, from what I heard, I think he might have beat up. I don't know. But uh, like, the Mad Ball. No, we're talking about trail. Rotten UK. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I was in, I was in Europe for that. Somewhere. Yeah, oh. no, I was in Europe for that show. No, that that situation where you're talking about, that's a whole other thing. Is it? Or, or no, that's, that's when Bacchus broke his face. No, that's the Madball show. The the show he's talking about, I was in Europe for. Uh, Madball, I was not there for a different reason. What were you what was that? I was visiting my sister in Europe. Oh no! What show were you? <laughs> oh, was that the, was that the Madball show at House of Independence where a dude shit himself? Yeah, you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a trail of shit there and they dragged him out of the place unconscious. Oh, uh, never gonna forget yeah. that, man. Yeah, House of Independence is great. It's a weird room. It's big. It is big. It feels like cavernous at times. <laughs> Depending yeah, exactly. on the, the yeah, show and the crowd, and so it's weird. But I, I do. We saw horror there, there almost that. to an empty room. Exactly. Yeah, and that was like one That's of the best crazy. shows I've seen there. I love those dudes. <laughs> they're, a, they're a great mix I'm of really rap and hip, was, uh, ra- uh, rap and punk. Like I was, I sent somebody a video of one like an old Gravedigger song, and they were like. This is like every horror song sounds like a rip off of this song. Uh, Bang your head by the Gravediggers. If you go and listen to that, like, that sounds like every fucking horror beat. Like, but I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from yeah, it. It's, no. it's perfect. I, I, Grave Diggers was probably like my favorite Wu shit because it was like the weirdest, like edgiest kind of yeah. it, of all of it. And Prince Paul from. Did Dale's you know home. that Sonny Gang is very good friends with horror? No, I did not know that. So I'm not, oh yeah, well the horror car, they're from they're from Newark, Newark. right? I should have and known that, um, Joe and some of the other dudes from Sunny Gang were for a time they uh, like they went to Rutgers Newark they were okay. um, running or like partially running had certain hours or whatever at the recording studio there and that's where horror was starting to like figure out their yeah, sound and make their first bomb. demos so they're they're fucking cool yeah they're they're very good. Good friends with horror. I remember. I remember actually. Like my 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 boy Solo for Dolo, who I was talking about before. He, he does a lot. He hangs out in Newark a lot. He does mm-hmm. a lot of Newark heads and shit. And he was like, I remember because I, I after the first time I saw Sunny Gang, I was telling everybody how fucking great they were. I was like, dude, you got to check out these kids from Newark. And he was like, and I said Sunny Gang. He was like, I fucking saw them at the skate park like five years ago. Like they were fucking. Like, yeah, those yeah. kids are fucking great. Yeah. Like why? Uh, he's like why? Why are you so behind the times? I thought you were fucking Mister Punk Rock. I'm like, I <laughs> do. I just missed it. Yeah, no, Sunny Gang's new to here. They were playing. They were They're new to here. They were big up in Newark yeah. for a while. 
Like this is like this doing is a great job. Scene. Like I go to like some shit up north, but like I just would not have seen him. But he was like, oh yeah, because he was he's a big skater dude too. Yeah, so. yeah. That's what's up. But like, I I love when shit like that happens. The, like, the crossover. We all, all it's that. a small like, community. Hip hop, hop especially. I, and I think it together. all fits perfectly. That's together. the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like that last the last Sunny Gang show with the brewery was like my favorite oh, show. Oh my god, that was one of the best yeah. shows. The combination of bands like was like fucking perfect. Yeah. Oh one. Yeah. Oh one was fucking oh, amazing. Holy shit. Amazing. Somebody please book that dude at the at uh, the the brewery again. I'm begging you. I'm sure Sunny Gang. All right, could be yeah, Definitely. <laughs> They, they can they can talk pull some strings and and get get yeah. them down. Like I I was I if nobody like if I don't hear anything soon I'm gonna probably like, if I was gonna book like a show for my birthday like that's I want I would want to book Sunny Gang O one and I have like two MCs on it probably hell yeah I could like and the MCs would probably be Solo and K Prez have you any, have you guys heard K Prez no I've he's heard fucking of, he's from Asbury, so I've heard of him but I never Dude, listened to him this kid is um, he's like on like 90 shit yeah but he's a kid he's like 20 or whatever and he's nice. from town he's got one, he's got a couple different songs like where he's just him freestyling over like a 90s like beat and then he, he's like the shit He just did that that weird little tour with Drew the Recluse like a bunch of like other local rappers oh, okay. they did like like five spots in like this in uh, Jersey, and they did like I think maybe Baltimore, New York, Philly. It was like a real small tour, but it was all hip hop and like R and B guys from around here. That that I, I really would love to see that kid on a show, like on a mixed bill show, like where people that would never get the chance to hear him because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the kid is fucking great. That's why I like those kind of mixed. Kind of shows. I like, think Sunny Gang can pull that off nice too, saying, though. Like, most they of got that. that mix. That's what I'm saying. Like those, like so those, they can pull the punk. They can pull the rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen. I, I've yeah, been Sunny. Like, I've been friends with Sunny Gang for a, a few years yeah, now, yeah. and I had never seen them. Yeah, like but that was, one was. Well, I've seen Sunny Gang, but I hadn't seen O One. O One was. I was there. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. Amazing. Like, and I, like, I've seen it all. Like, I've seen hip hop. I've seen the, the combination of everything. I've never seen anything like they're sad. Yeah. Same as I've never seen it. Like Sunny Gang is like their own fucking thing. It's like a perfect like meld of two things without cramming them together. Yeah. Like, they do like it's not like just forcing rap over a repetitive beat. With a with a real guitar player, player. yeah. It's no, they definitely real rhyming yeah. and it's real beats, and but it's fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gangsta. It's and they're all so. If once you get to know them more, they're all so varied in their musical tastes. Oh, that I can see just from like I do like just from like the the small dealings I've had talking yeah. to a couple of those guys. They're so varied, and that's where it comes together. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Perfectly. Like that's <laughs> that's like to me. That's what like. Everything is like is like how like how all the weird shit kind of isn't that weird if like like we're all a little weird and if you look at it like we're all this much off yep. so like it all kind of evens yep. out you know like but they're all like brothers too so yeah, they that's can what, play that's together perfect it's like, yeah it's you great. understand it's great it's they're they're, it. they're fucking fun man yeah they are 
I'm excited like, for I'm, them tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so am I. Like, I really want to do a sh- like a mixed yeah, bill show. Be out before before then, right? I hope so. I hope to make Google. <laughs> you know, I really. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm saying this episode will be out before. Oh, that. Uh, I, I think we're trying to. So. I think we're trying to release this tomorrow morning. Cool. So. Yes, totally. Yeah. Like, my, right. my, I would lo- like my dream would be to do a show like that mixed bill show. I, I was talking to you about it. Yeah, yeah. That we, night. Yeah, because I want to get kind of. I want to do. Might try to collaborate on. Yeah. I would love to have a show where it's like two bands like that, two MCs. Let me bring my turntables. Yeah, I can play records in between. That kind of hit both sides of the. That's exactly bit. what we talked about like, I, in the I, past. <laughs> and I, between the two of us, I'm sure we could definitely make that yeah. happen down the road. Hell yeah. Um, I I that's the kind of shit I like to do. Like when I DJ, I like doing shit for people. I like I I did I did the Bouncing Soul. I did a party for the Bouncing Souls because they asked me. Of course, I was gonna say yeah. Like. I don't Why really do like <laughs> punk nights, but it was like for that. I'm yeah. like, fuck, yeah, you, can't, like, you Kate, can't say no to that. Yeah, Kate texted me like <laughs> literally two days after I did my first gig at Brick Wall. Kate was like, I've been waiting since the day Pete picked up the turntables from my house to hear that you did your first gig so I could ask you, do you want to do the after party for uh, stuff for the summer? And I was like, are you kidding me? Do I want to? <laughs> of course I do. So like, I, I, I was lucky I got to do that. I got to do, uh, I did P Dub's record release party last summer. Um, I did the first Inspector 7 show at AP Yacht Club because Giuseppe asked me. Because like, those are all bands that, like, if you told me in high school that I would even know those dudes, I wouldn't believe you. Or that they would hit me up, like, yo, you want to come play records at our like our, our first show in, in at the Yacht Club ever or our fucking record release party? I'm like, of course I do. Like, this is, that's why I started doing this shit. It's like, because I'm not in a band. Like, I don't have a venue. I'm not a booker somewhere. So it's like, I don't. I, there's not that much I I can I contribute what I can, you know. Yeah. Like, I try to like big up everybody's bands that I fucking love. Yeah. I try to go yep. and support bands and get other people to support bands. Right. Oh yeah. Totally. So we have a good handful of closing questions for you. Sweet. Uh, the first one I'd like to ask is what we ask every only posers guest. Uh, name three cartoon characters that you would relate to. They could be animated or whatever uh, that you would relate to. And out of those three, which one would you relate to the most? All right. So, cartoon characters. One, uh, Huey from the Boondocks. Boondocks mm. <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite show ever. I don't um, think we've gotten that yet. <laughs> I, I've like always like not. like read a lot of like militant you know like social stuff like Black Panther type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I read Malcolm X or biography of Malcolm X when I was in like fifth grade, like because I wanted to, not because I had to for a book report. Like, right. So that's definitely the one more than any. So that's like the full on answer. Um, I can't. I'm just, cartoons is tough or animation is tough. I always loved uh, Calvin and Hobbes, but I never mm. had like a doll like Hobbes that. So like I, I guess I don't really relate to Calvin that much. <laughs> um, and shit, now you got me stuck. One more. Well, I actually this is this is this does work. The other brother from the Boondocks, like because they're basically. Two sides of the same. Yeah. The one is like the militant yeah. brother, and the other one is like the hood, like gangster yeah. brother. And like I grew up around both those kind of dudes. Like I grew up like into both of those kind of things. So those are number one and number two, okay. definitely. 
And I think that's all I got for that. I like those mm-hmm. answers. I like those answers. <laughs> and supposedly the Boondocks is coming back soon. Is it? Right? Oh. With the original writers and everything. You signed okay. them, supposedly. Like, that show, like, I can't believe it got made for as long as it did. Yeah. Um, Especially in that time. Like, now it kind of... Yeah, right, exactly. You can get away with a lot more shit now. Totally. Like, it, like that, that was a... That was a big show. There's a lot of heavy, heavy shit in that show. Like it's a cartoon, but it's not a cartoon at yeah. all. And there's a lot of a lot of social commentary. In it. Like it's great. I still I watch that. Like I, from a different angle too than most shows. Well, that's what I'm on. saying. Yeah, exactly. Because it's written. It's lots of times you get like like the Martin Luther King episode is brutal, but it's probably more accurate than anything you see on regular TV because it's not whitewashed. You yeah, know? like it's straight up. So I got one. It's a newer one we started throwing in. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Um, well, I already told you one of them is people that say concerts when you're talking about shows. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that, I don't know if we were recording when I, we said that before, I think but that, we, we were that drives me nuts. That's like the yeah, we chalkboard. Um, and I do hate. Oh, here's one that here's a pet peeve because a pet peeve is just like something really dumb that annoys you, right? Yeah. I hate people like because I hate people that say post what are the set times in the events because I get it. Everybody wants to know what the set times are, but you're kind of saying fuck the uh, the three bands at that point is kind of is. I get like everybody like sometimes there's a special situation where like, you know you're not gonna get off to work till ten and you need to know what time that is. Yeah, happens. right. That I get, but. I'm always I'm always a fan of just going. Just go. And yeah. Sometimes you have to sit through bands you don't like. Sometimes you see amazing band you fucking never, never would have seen. Yep. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's the like I said. There's a lot of bands yeah. I've only ever seen once, and I, I could still name I could name three bands at least that I only ever saw once in the lanes, and I would go see them tomorrow if you told me they were they were playing anywhere but there Because <laughs> <laughs> I have not gone there. Hell yeah. I'm proud to say. So and okay. I turned down a DJ gig there actually. So. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> but um, all right. So next question: If you were in a zombie apocalypse, all right, and if you had to bring somebody of your choosing, it could be real or fictional, uh, a weapon of your choosing, and a song in the background while all this is going uh, down. That's yeah. A good the one. song one might be hard for you. No, I think. Well, if I was gonna have anybody with me, it would pro- it would be my sister because she's fucking so gangster. <laughs> um, song wise, would be uh, here's a, a good one like to look up on YouTube later or like when you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, there's a band called the Paper Chase, and the album is called God Bless Your Black Heart, and like, I couldn't even really d- tell you what kind of music it is. Even like it's weird. It's like punkish and e- like almost like emo-ish, like the singing wise. But like every song is like there's like it sounds like it's a room full of like cello players. Like it's like a lot of strings, but everything sounds like it's like one turn like out of out fucking of tune. tune. Yeah, like every piano line, everything is like huh. it's all weird piano lines and strings. Like it's, that's another record too that like I always like send to like friends that make rap beats like dude d- d- please sample something off of this because like i feel like i can just is sit it there tough and make to use those i don't think so because like a lot of like those rizza beats are just like one weird like yeah just like three seconds of a piano line 
and there's a lot like that it would work I feel like okay but like the, the two best songs on that record is uh said the spider to the fly which like they actually had a video that was on MTV for that but it was only came on at like 3 in the morning when like 120 minutes was on and ready willing Kane, and able those either of those two songs would be the songs because they're it sounds like almost like what you would imagine like it sounds like in a crazy person's head that's like locked in an asylum like in a straight jacket in the corner like the music sounds like what's playing in their head kind of like it's everything's a little mm. off but it's fucking really good I'm gonna check that yeah, out yeah like it's I'm not even like a big like noise band kind of thing but like and I don't know if they really if you would call them a noise band but that's an ill band that I don't think anybody really listens to because I don't think they ever really got big. They put out like four or five album, albums, and I only ever listened to one really. But it's okay. I can listen to it all the way through, anytime. It's fucking great. What weapon? Weapon. Uh, see, like I, 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 I would love like a Tech Nine, but that's not like a practical weapon. Um, you're probably better off with like something blade based. Probably a machete would be like my go-to because a sword is great, but like a machete is like meant to like hack through yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So I would probably go with a machete. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely rock yeah. a machete. Okay. I've, been, I've always been a fan of the machete. I've never owned one, but <laughs> they seem cool. Like cool. Cool. The concept yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pro machete, especially in uh, that circumstance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta cut cut off zombies' heads. That's yeah. That's what you want to use. Yeah. Like I'm not trained to use a katana, but I can swing a, a heavy machete. Oh, a katana is tough to use. For yeah, you have to, here. Yeah, you have to like, know you have to the know angles. How to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's um, like some serious shit. So, do you have any advice for anyone listening? Since this is advice, hmm. I would say, like, if you're like us, and I think we're all kind of like similar type of people who like. If you love like this shit, like if you just love going to shows, doesn't you know? Not just ska shows, or not just punk shows. We just like doing stuff. Like you, like we're just a part of something. Like do whatever little thing that doesn't you think doesn't really contribute anything does contribute to the scene. Everything that people do, it all kind of adds up, and that's what makes everything. Like we all push everybody's bands that we like. We all, you know, like we all know the same people we all try to support the same venues most of the same venues that I do it like, like I, I kick myself I wish I was doing like I could have at any point if I had had like the record collection and the turntables ready to go I could have been doing hip hop nights at the lanes if I ever just said that's what I want to do I could have been doing it DJ and Pete were like you could have you should have been doing everyone with us but was like, at that point I just wasn't buying records I wasn't on my radar but I wish I wish I I never DJed there. I wish I would have. That I definitely wish I would have. So and I'm you know like I'm 40 years old. So I, I didn't start DJing out until three years ago. I'm I'm not I'm almost 40 years old. <laughs> but so like it's not too late to start doing what you do. Like, like you guys like doing a podcast. Like somebody's got to talk about this shit. Like. It's yep. fucking great. Yep. Exactly. I told you, like, I was listening to the Swank one the other night. I fucking, that was a great one. And that, that's... Uh, the newer Swank one? Yes. The, yeah, okay, okay. Yes, yes. And... Oh, yeah. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything, like, if you... Whatever you can do, do. Like, pe- some people book shows. Some people just introduce 
people to other people and they turn into a fucking band sometimes. That's why I started my zine originally. Exactly, yeah. Because I I hadn't been in a band in years and I had all these photos that I was like, I might as well do something with this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Because I had people hit me up because I was, at one point I was like shooting video of like most of the big shows at the lanes because just because no there was like a hundred for top like not a hundred but like in this town there was a lot of fucking photographers like yeah. everybody was shooting pictures nobody was doing video so like I, I that's why I just started shooting video because nobody was doing it right. people were like oh your videos are great I'm like I just wanted somebody to somebody to remember all right, this shit you know? the moment that's why I never tried to like shoot a whole show you know I'd always try to just shoot one song and then enjoy yep. the show because I don't want to block nobody yeah exactly I be in nobody's be way I want to enjoy the show too you know? yeah <laughs> and I, I like going back to like the biggest pet peeve thing like I I feel like that's one of my biggest pet peeves cameras like people holding cameras up is the worst especially okay because I decided I was going to go see the gin blossoms one time and hey, no, there was literally someone that. dead in the center like up front yeah. with their camera in the singer's face the whole entire time oh, yeah, like, I could not that that is definitely that. a pet peeve of mine yeah. that I hate you can see it in a lot of like my lanes videos you can tell like I'm holding the camera like at like this level because I would never hold my camera just up like an asshole like I hear because I, I don't like that it drives it bothers me so I know it's gonna bother everybody else totally yeah, yeah. like if you came to see a sh- that's what we all really came for is to see a show I just want to get one video so there's some kind of document exactly. of all the great shit that happened there. Right. that place was fucking amazing. It was, for sure. All right, so next question. Uh, what's one thing out of the past seven days that you learned? Let's see. There should be a good one. I think I definitely have a good one. Can I look at my phone for a second? Yeah, that's right. fine. Because I, I just want to make sure I have the details right on this one. While you're looking that up, uh, plane or train? Uh, Train, definitely. Uh, Dog or cat? Dog, absolutely. I have two dogs, by the way. Shouts out. Uh, Slots or tables? Um, That's slots. Slots. Yeah, I'm not a gambler at all, really. Me neither, yeah. Uh, City or suburb? Do, oh, do we count Asbury as a city? Is Asbury count as a city? Yeah. It is a city. I'd but say so nowadays, yeah. But I, there's parts that are definitely suburb. Right. <laughs> like, I, so I've never lived <laughs> yeah. in a city city ever, so I would guess I would say suburb, but like I grew up here. I grew up in Neptune. Like right yeah, right over the right over the border. Gotcha. So um did you find uh, the thing you learned this week? Yeah, this is a really weird one. This is a good one. There's a, uh, a Scarface from the Ghetto Boys song, um, and the sample, which I never, I have, this song came out in like, I think the late 80s, probably 89, it was the first, his first solo record, and there's a, a sample from 99 Red Balloons by Nana that you would never in a million years have you heard it. The original? The, the German one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's by it's the name of her. That's, right. that's yeah, what I absolutely. thought you meant by that. There's a weird Just making sure. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a really good one. If you if you go on who samples, like that's a great website. Like if you type in Mr. Scarface going down and listen to, like, to the way that they use like to be able to use a song like in like a totally unrecognizable way is so much more impressive to me than just like anybody can loop just a hook. 
which I still do love, but it's a big difference. Um, like the get uh, the Ghetto Boys when I play tricks on me is like one of the best beats probably ever made, and that's kind of just them rapping over an Isaac Hayes instrumental song though for the most part. And like when I was a kid, like I couldn't really appreciate a seven minute no vocals at all soul song, you know, because it it's just guitar for and horns for seven minutes. But now I probably would be more likely to listen to the Isaac Hayes version than the Ghetto Boys version. Okay. But I like I also I got to play Ghetto Boys in Brick Wall, which <laughs> nobody can say besides me. So <laughs> I played both those records in a row, and people love both of them. You know, like because that one is the Ghetto Boys record is probably more famous than the Isaac Hayes record. But that that's a great record. Like people like I'm sure like people like your age probably associate Isaac Hayes more with South Park than anything else in the world. He was the chef on yeah. South Park. <laughs> so I mean like he was pretty famous as chef on South Park. Right. Yeah. But I mean he wrote like half the records that came out on Stack, he was writing for everybody. Like he wrote a million songs that you do know and he put out probably forty albums that you've never heard in your life that you could put on right now and listen to straight through and you'd be like holy shit like this is crazy this guy was the chef on South Park it's so weird cause he got weird and he became a Scientologist and shit at the end but he was a fucking like he like he was like a genius that guy cause he could play everything he could write everything sure well Danny yeah, we really like do appreciate you coming on today this was awesome man. this you. was uh, uh, that change of pace such, too from our normal yeah, conversations very cool right? <laughs> for sure like we gotta talk about like a lot of rap yeah I'm sorry if I, I have a tendency to kind of no. diverge oh, no. do things, not be sorry whatsoever no, we, really, I feel like we enjoyed like this shit but um, before we close out, do you want to give any shouts out or plugs or gigs that you're doing soon? Um, I'm at I'm gonna be at Little Buddy next Friday the thirtieth Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try to like freak out like the squares and play a lot of dance hall nineties <laughs> like, like gangsta dance hall records. Okay. Um, so come to that if you're around on Cookman, like before you go to whatever show is going on that night or after. Because I, I don't start till 10, so if you're going to the brewery, you can come after. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yet, but, um, shout out to Jen Hampton, no matter what. Yep. The fucking the Muse of Asbury Park. Yes. I wish Stay she ball. fucking was booking shit somewhere. Same. I, if I won the lottery, I would buy the, the cursed fucking building, the bank building that never lasts, <laughs> and give it to Jen to run. Um, yes. <laughs> Who else would I shout out? Shout out to Pork Chop. Shout out to my brother or my brother-in-law, Pete Peterson, Neptune Tattoo. Everybody at Neptune Tattoo is the fucking the best tattoo shop that there is. Everybody there, they're all my boys. They're all amazing artists. Big up to Jeans. His tattoo in there. Yo, yeah. shit. Did you know that? Yeah. Still I didn't know that. Now. Yeah, he's doing. Wow, shouts out Jeans, man. Yeah, uh, Eric's over there. You know Eric. Yeah, Malines. Um. I think that's it. That's, a, that's probably it. Um, if anybody knows anybody at like a smaller place that would like to do Wu Tang Wednesday, get at me on Instagram. Yeah, let's get uh, this shit going what's again. Your Instagram. Instagram is DJ Danny Stacks S T A X on Instagram. 
I'm, um, down, I'm all down for Woo Wednesdays. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird because it's like almost everything in town is like too big of a room. I think it maybe it could work at like in Bond Street in the basement or something. Mm. I don't know any of those people. So if anybody knows anybody over there, if, you, if they think it's a good idea, holler at me. Um, I was <laughs> talking to the, uh, the dude in Long Branch at the other place that you used to work at, uh, Whitechapel. Yeah. He expressed some interest in maybe doing it after the summer. So who knows? He seems like a good guy. Big up to him. I don't really know him, but I DJ. I was there once this summer. Like they called me out like two days before uh, Memorial Day weekend. They called me out like Wednesday. Like, yeah, Yo, you want to DJ on Memorial Day weekend Saturday? I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so uh, like, yeah, and then that guy seemed really cool. I haven't been back there yet, but like he has my email and shit. So right, 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 right. Doing something there, but I, I, I almost feel like I think Bond, like Bond Street might be the only place that's like. Small enough, not small enough, but I mean like and not pretentious anymore. You know, yeah, totally. other than little buddy, like his little buddy worked perfectly because it was kind of like just chilling in somebody's house. Absolutely. Um, and if, what if they want to follow you on the old Asbury Lanes Instagram? What is that? It is the Lanes T H E Lanes L A N E S Asbury Park, all one word. Awesome. That should make sense. <laughs> I awesome. think that's I think it works. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for shooting yeah, the shit with us. Again. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for inviting me, guys. Absolutely. And we'll, for sure. And we'll see y'all on the flip side. And we'll see you tomorrow. And we'll, we'll see you we'll tomorrow. We'll see you 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 tomorrow. We'll see you